0: Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We've been looking at an article in the August 2023 edition of the Leahona Magazine, and it was an article titled Speaking Up for Truth, written by a woman by the name of Marilee Brown Boyack. Her bio says she merely lives in Utah, but actually she's an attorney and a community activist. But she starts off by talking about her mother, who years ago, and I should qualify this, Eric, I don't think that Ms. Boyack was writing this article, knowing that we would probably be critiquing it as closely as we are. But we're trying to understand some things that are in the article, because even though I feel she thinks her mother was making a good point by boldly standing up in a meeting that she said was attended by several thousands on the subject of the quote mormon cult and she makes the comment that everything the speaker said was categorically false a respectable attorney is going to know that anybody who makes a statement like that is probably not very credible unless of course they can demonstrate every single point that the person said that was incorrect now in yesterday's show i ended with kind of a teaser about the Gospel Topics essays having to be written and starting to be published in 2013 over a two-year period. Why did they have to do that? Because there were a lot of Latter-day Saints that were complaining about some of the information they were finding on the Internet that they felt was categorically false. But church historians and church scholars knew very well that a lot of those things that were being reported on the internet were absolutely accurate. This is what makes me wonder about Miss Boyack's mother. She gets up, according to the story, and in front of this huge crowd, we are led to believe several thousand people that were here to listen to this pastor read some literature against the church. See, that's questionable for me as well. Several thousand people normally are not going to go listen to a pastor, read from a, from some kind of resource for, what, an hour or so? There had to be something more to it than that. We tend to think this could have been, quite possibly, we can't prove it because we don't have enough information here. It could have been back in the 1980s when someone like Dick Bear was going around the country showing the film The Godmakers, because he did draw crowds of several thousand. It could have been as far back as that. Perhaps, we don't know. But the essays come out in 2013. Why? Because Latter-day Saints are believing things about their church that the essays are going to expose. And it's going to show Latter-day Saints that a lot of what they believed about their church was not true. That could very well have been the case here where this mother of Marilee Brown Boyack gets up and tells the crowd that she's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I categorically deny everything that this that you have said, and she's pointing to the speaker, I'm assuming, are falsehoods. Could it be that maybe her conclusion was based on her lack of knowledge regarding some of the things that the speaker was saying? And if it was Dick Bear, I'd been to several of Dick Bear's presentations. They were always fully documented. And he was not inaccurate on the things that he said, but she may have thought he was because she did not know what the church at that time was not talking about a lot and making public.
1: We know personally and have met dozens of people who have left the church because of the Gospel Topics essays. That was a shocker for a lot of people. And I've told this story before, but I'm, I'm going to tell it real quickly again. What we used to do in Manti, Utah, at the Mormon Miracle Pageant in 2007, we gathered 34 ladies to represent the 34 wives of Joseph Smith and lined them up on the street in front of where this pageant would take place a few hours before the pageant would happen. I'll never forget in 2007 how many people were irate with us telling lies that Joseph Smith was married to anyone but Emma Smith. We had documentation with us. We were trying to show that, but there was a lot of opposition. We did that in 2007 before the Gospel Topics Essays. We decided to do that again in 2017, 10 years later, and what a difference because we lined up the same amount of ladies, 34 of them, and they had little signs would explain who they were. And we had, over the two nights that we did that, very little opposition. A complete contrast to what took place 10 years previously. Why? Because in 2007, Many Latter-day Saints did not know that Joseph Smith was married to 34 ladies. Teenagers as young as 14, one-third of his wives were teenagers. One-third of his wives were married to living husbands. That's not polygamy, that's polyandry. And now in 2017, a couple years after that essay had come out, where it admitted in the essay that Joseph had between 30 to 40 wives— it wasn't a shocker anymore. It kind of almost didn't work in, in one sense in that we didn't shock very many people, but it just reminded them that Joseph Smith was a polygamist in the same way that Brigham Young was.
0: Let me surmise and make the assumption, I should say, that when this woman went to this meeting, this was prior to the Gospel Topics essays. It could have been in the 1980s. We don't know. It, we're just told it was years ago. But could not this mother of Marilee Brown Boyack be one of those Latter-day Saints who probably didn't believe that Joseph Smith was a practicing polygamist? Maybe she didn't believe that the translation of the book of Abraham was a spiritual translation, as the church is telling its people now, because many years ago... Latter-day Saints believed it was a translation in the traditional sense, that what was on the Egyptian papyri that Joseph Smith got in 1835, he translated into English from that papyri, that it was a translation that God allowed him to give miraculously because he did not have any knowledge of the Egyptian language, but it was an English rendition of the Egyptian characters.
1: And if she was reading the Ensign magazine, February 2001, where it had a A painting of Joseph Smith looking at the gold plates translating them, well, that was changed as well, and it was admitted that he was looking into a hat with a stone in there called the seer stone where he was getting the translation. Today, the church art shows very clearly that the plates were covered in a sack and that Joseph was looking into a hat to be able to read off the characters. Again, she might not have had all the information that was was
0: historical. Well, I might also surmise that maybe Lee Brown Boyack's mother didn't believe that Joseph Smith had a smuggled pistol at the Carthage Jail. And according to John Taylor, who was there at the time in the cell with Joseph and Hiram Smith, shot three people. Now, Taylor, I think, gets it wrong when he said that two of those people he shot died. I think there's evidence to show that there were three that were wounded, but that none died. But still, Joseph Smith was certainly trying to kill people when he aimed a loaded gun at a crowd of people mobbing the Carthage jail. Uh, whether he was defending himself and was that okay, that's a whole other issue. But the fact is, we talked to Latter-day Saints years ago who denied that Joseph Smith had a pistol. Why? Because they were told that Joseph Smith went as a lamb led to the slaughter and sheep normally don't shoot back in cases like that. So this is why they would blow off a lot of this information, saying, well, you're lying. And and you know, this is a good caution for Christians as well. When somebody brings up a point that you're not familiar with, it's usually not good to assume that they're lying, because they may just have some misinformation that maybe needs to be corrected or whatever. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're lying. Maybe it's something that you're not familiar with yourself and you need to be enlightened. I don't know everything. I have to open myself up to admit that there could be lots of things that I'm not familiar of. However, when I am familiar with the subject and I hear somebody saying something that contradicts the facts of that subject, well, either that person is misinformed, or they could be lying, but I'm normally very cautious before leveling the accusation of saying that what you're saying are a bunch of lies or a bunch of falsehoods. You better have your ducks in a row before you make a comment like that. And I can guarantee you that if you were in that meeting, if I happened to be attending that meeting that evening, and I went up to that lady And started challenging her on some of these things. And perhaps it's bad that nobody did, because that's the way the story's told. You know, the parting of the Red Sea, and nobody would go and talk to her. Well, they probably felt pity for the lady, because these thousands of people that we understand were there, had just seen the facts laid out for them, documented, and documented quite well, I'm assuming and they felt that this lady was just deceived. It could have been a spirit of pity on their hearts for this lady. Maybe someone should have kindly talked to her, and maybe that's a fault that, that the people in attendance there need to have laid at their feet. You know, that last sentence that I read earlier, I have never been prouder of my courageous
1: mother in my life. Well, I'm you know, I'm not trying to take away the pride she probably has as her mother raised her in the best possible way in a Latter-day Saint family and all of that. However... Is this a case where we would say that this woman acted admirably by standing up in a meeting and saying it's all not true, and then proudly walking to the back foyer and then having several thousand people file past her? Not one person is going to approach her. I highly doubt that. I bet if it were a guy like Dick Bear and he saw that lady standing in the foyer, he would have probably gone up and talked. I'm sure somebody did, but we're just left with
0: a secondhand account. Well, this is what makes me wonder, because she says that she shook the pastor's hand. She assumed that maybe Dick was the pastor. And again, we don't even know if it was Dick speaking that night. But I I know Dick. I know myself Whenever I have anybody challenge something that I've said, I always start asking them questions. I'm not going to let them get away with that. Not any more than that missionary that I talked about that said something very similar when I was speaking in Vyberg, Russia, that everything I said was a lie. I challenged him on this. Show me where it's a lie. Do you have the evidence? Well, of course he didn't. But all he had was his 19-year-old education, probably, at that time. That's all he had going for him. How many 19-year-olds do you really think know a lot of in-depth LDS history? Not too many.
1: I think this is a lesson, too, for Latter-day Saints who might be listening to us and may think that many of the things we are teaching is not true. Do the research. Ask the right questions. Go on the internet, look things up, do some uh, background research, see what we're saying. Whenever we're talking on the show, as you did in Russia, we we have everything supported. When we are talking about quotes from church leaders, we usually try to give the citation and where it was found. We're not just making this stuff up. We don't need to make this stuff up. It's so unique, this religion, that it has nothing to do with historical Christianity, and that's our main point. We want to be accurate in what we say, and we're not trying to make up lies because it could be easily refuted.
0: Well, Eric, I have to be quite honest. I don't have the imagination to make up this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm just quoting their own material. Sometimes, as they say, truth is stranger than fiction. Some of the things that Joseph Smith came up were just incredible. Brigham Young, let's look at some of the things Brigham Young came up with. I would have never dreamed to accuse him of some of the things that Brigham Young said. But in tomorrow's show, we want to continue talking about this because this author makes some other statements that I think need to be challenged and some things that we could learn from so that we don't make those same mistakes either.